Welcome to the Misfit Stars Podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. And this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you about what's mattering to us this week. We are so happy that you're here. And hi, sweetheart. Hello. Hi. This is going to be like the Jamie podcast. Like, you've got all the stuff. The, the Jamie cast 2000. It's a, yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear what you remember have when in we store were, for us. Remember when we were kids and 2000 sounded so futuristic? <laughs> Which is why I still say things like Jamie cast 2000. Because now it doesn't sound futuristic at all. Right. No. Well, maybe we should start with 3000. Oh, Jamie God. cast 3,000. Wow. Yeah. That feels unrealistic. Well, it I'm is. I'm not certain I'm going to live no. the better part of a thousand more years. No. God, I hope not. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I'm already very tired. <laughs> well, should we start off today with some announcements, announcements, announcements? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, the first announcement. Uh, we put out a new song last Friday. Hell yeah. Uh, we were teasing it last week on the podcast. Uh, not only did we put out a new song, but we launched and announced the launch of an entirely new project, album project for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to say more about this? I, th- I feel like maybe you could really sum it all up. Oh, I'd love to, okay. yeah. So for sh- uh, the first song is uh, Wouldn't It Be Good? It is a cover of a Nick Kershaw classic. And you might be like, why are Jamie and Shannon doing covers? Great question, here's why. So... We are conceiving of Good To Me as a two-year album cycle. You know us, if you've known us for any length of time, we put out albums fast, bam, 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 once a year, and we just like put out an album tour, put out an album tour. We're not doing that cycle this time. We are dreaming bigger dreams, we're scheming bigger schemes, and we need more time to do them. Yeah. And so this is going to be not a one-year album cycle, which, again, just started this last December, right? We just put out this record like three months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be working this record for two solid years mm-hmm. is what we're kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. But we love recording stuff together. It's our favorite thing to do. Coincidentally, we have been keeping a list in my phone, Shannon's phone, Shannon's phone, <laughs> for like 15 years of favorite songs, all-time classics from our childhood that we would like one day to record our own versions of. And these two things just kind of came together. Like, hey, we don't really have any new Shannon Curtis stuff we're going to record this year, but we want to record. What should we record? Oh, the list. Uh-huh. And so the new project is called 80s Kids. Mm-hmm. And we're basically making an album sort of in real time this year, one song per month. And we're just working our way, cherry picking from this list. Like, what do you want to do next? What do you want to do this month? Uh-huh. And just picking what seems fun and exciting to do. Mm-hmm. And we're recording our own version of it. The first one is Wouldn't It Be Good? It's already out in the world. Wouldn't It Be Good? Uh, if the name doesn't ring a bell, it's a Pretty in Pink soundtrack classic. Mm-hmm. So the original song was written by and recorded by Nick Kershaw. Yep. And then uh, a group that was kind of like thrown together for the purpose of recording this particular song, uh, wouldn't it be good, called Danny Hutton Hitters. Danny mm-hmm. Hutton was the singer for... A band called Three Dog Night from yeah, the 70s. Yeah. So Danny Great Hutton... Great voice. Yeah. Danny Hutton Hitters recorded this song, Wouldn't Be Good, the cover of Nick Kershaw's, and that's the version that's on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. So whenever we listen, and we have the Pretty in Pink soundtrack on vinyl, like we listen to it around the house, and whenever that song comes on, I mean, for years now, it's like, yeah, like we're dancing around the kitchen, we're singing. So that was the first one we chose for this project. It was such a great choice. I think it was just so fun to share this with people starting last Friday. If you haven't heard it, it's streaming everywhere. You can find music. So if you are a Bandcamp person, you can find it there. If you are Spotify, please go listen to it there. Um, it's gotten a lot of plays on Spotify. That's the that's the one place we can actually track the data uh-huh. for like who's listening. And it's it's been 
it's been listened to a lot. It's been really fun to see it kind of yeah. like work its way around the world. It's kind of taking off too. Like the oftentimes for smaller stuff like we've done in the past, like everything we've ever done in our lives, <laughs> like you'll have a burst of listens right around release day and then it very quickly trickles down and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we have noticed is that for this one, like, yeah, there was a burst on release day, but then there's another burst and then today, like the last 24 hours is actually the biggest day so far. Like yeah. it seems to be gaining steam. So if you're sharing this song with people, thank you. That's yeah. probably because of you. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't yet shared it with folks, go listen and then just like go infect somebody with some joy by sharing this song with them. Because really it is like you cannot help but just feel great listening to the song. It's so great. Which is wonderful because if you actually listen to the <laughs> lyrics of the song, it is like the least feel good sentiment of all time. It is like four sugary euphoric minutes of self-pity and resentment. <laughs> it's a song about like wishing you were you could switch places with somebody you think has it better than you. Yeah. Which is- <laughs> and like belaboring that very simple point over two <laughs> verses and two choruses. It's remarkable. Like it keeps just like just getting worse and worse and worse. But it's so fucking catchy. It's so joyous. It's yeah. so good. So good. So thank you for all of you who've been listening to and sharing Wouldn't It Be Good we have already recorded the second song for this project, for the uh, 80s Kids Project, and we'll uh, be releasing it next month. Uh, or no, later this month, I guess it will be, yep, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I can't remember Shannon the date. doesn't have any idea Sorry, what she's talking about. I have about. no I'll clue. I'll go look in the calendar. Thank you. It's the last day of March. Okay, the last day of March. I was, yes. Last day of March, the second song will come out. You guys are going to flip out. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's such a good song and the version of it is so good. And you know, I have to say like this project, this album project doing these cover songs this year for 80s kids, it just, it's really fun. Like I, I always, there's always a lot of joy in making music for me. Obviously, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. It's what I've chosen to do with my life. Mm-hmm. But there's just like, there's just like an extra layer of joy in this project for me. Like it feels like it's it's purely for the joy of it, you know? And yeah. so like, it's just, it's so fun to to just reimagine, not even reimagine, but like resurrect these songs from when we were kids, doing our own versions of them. And it's been so fun to hear all of people's like, rave responses to the first one. You're going to flip about the second one. And I hope that this trend continues all year because like, it's just way too much fun. It's very, very fun. So, uh, yeah, that's our big announcement. Go listen to Wouldn't It Be Good. Uh, Listen to it on Spotify. Listen to it on Apple Music. Listen to it on Tidal, Deezer, Cobuzz. I don't know how you live your life. Will you put a link to uh, like a sort of a general clearinghouse for all of those streaming options in the show notes? Yep. Excellent. Um, did you have anything else to say about Wouldn't It Be Good? No, I didn't. Uh, I just have another general ongoing announcement, which is, you know, don't let this new thing distract you, the new shiny thing. Uh, <laughs> all the new stuff is great. We're so excited about it. Also, Good To Me is out in the world. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, seriously, go listen to it. There's a reason that Shannon's Spotify listeners have quadrupled in the last year, and that reason is good to me. This record is fucking great. <laughs> and if you have come to us because of Wouldn't It Be Good, if you're mm. hearing this podcast for the first mm. time because of some chain of events because of Wouldn't It Be Good, yeah. seriously, go listen to Good To Me because it all sounds exactly like Wouldn't It Be Good. Yeah. It's just the same the same sonic thing. It's what we're doing right now. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. You will love it. I can say this. Shannon can't say this because it would be weird, but I can say it. Shannon wrote some amazing songs for the record. Uh, and you will love them. So... Good to me. I'll put a link for that in the show notes also. Go listen to it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. The last announcement, I think it's the last one, is that we have a show coming up in April. 
on the 21st of April in Sacramento, California. It is our first ever headlining theater show. First ever headlining <laughs> show in a theater. Someone is bringing us into a theater to be the marquee name for the day. Yikes. And how, also, how weird. So exciting. Oh, so good. We are, we have been, the, the last few years have just, I think for a lot of people have like initiated a lot of change, reimagining of things in folks' lives. Yep. And for us, folks' also, folks', yeah. Um, folks' lives. So us too. I like folks'. Yeah, okay, great, thank you. Um, we have, you know, because of the pandemic and the pause, the sort of forced pause in our annual touring schedule, like it just gave us an opportunity to, to think about like, okay, when we emerge from this time, what do we want our... Uh, our music life to look like. And it turns out we had some ideas, some, uh, we had some, some dreams around that, that really kind of caught fire for us during that interim time. And we're making those dreams happen. The first one of these new reimagined shows for us is April 21st at the Mm -hmm. Sophia Theater in Sacramento. Um, If you are anywhere near Sacramento, if you can get yourself to Sacramento on April 21st, Please, please, please come and see the show. You can get tickets now. Jimmy will put a link for those in the show notes as well. Um, this is going to be... If you've, if you've ever seen us perform before, just wipe that memory clean from your brain because we're bringing something entirely new and different and freaking awesome. Like, I can't even tell you. It's going to be such a great experience. So please come in and and uh, be with us and celebrate on April 21st in Sacramento. It's going to be rad. Yeah. All right, people. So, uh, Shannon, how are you feeling today? Oh, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. So I have two feelings. One is I'm feeling a little anxious and, and that's just sort of like a lingering uh, feeling from, I just... I, I had some medical-related appointments and prescription refill confusion earlier today. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just, you know, when you have when you have a system and it's set up and then, like, something gets, a, a wrench gets thrown into the gears yeah. and it's like, rah! And when it's related to your health care... That's a pretty scary wrench. Rah! Yeah, that's a, the wrench has come to life. So A sentient, malevolent yeah. wrench. It just, you know, I, I felt uh, just a anxiety about getting that all sorted. I think that maybe it's all sorted mm. um, now, but you know how when that you have an experience like that, it's just kind of like, you kind of just feel it in your body. Yeah. So this is a little bit lingering of anxiety, um, but I'm also feeling really motivated. I, 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 I'm loving the work part of my life right now mm-hmm. and um, really enjoying uh, the stuff that I'm doing. And so I'm feeling like excited, geared up for that. And so, yeah. How about you? How are you feeling? Thanks for asking. I am feeling... A bit scattered and anxious. Okay, okay. Uh, Just, and they're related. Uh, The light anxiety is because I feel scattered. And the reason I feel scattered is just there's a million things going on right now. (laughs) I literally like, uh, so we keep like these little things on our computer we call whiteboards. They're just like little to-do lists ordered by day for each week. Mm -hmm. Just so we can keep track of what needs doing and delete it when it's done, which is a great mm-hmm. feeling. Deleting the thing feels so good. It does. But I have like literally like six things for today. Ooh. Totally. I mean, and like, and I'm already behind. There was stuff, <laughs> there was stuff that I had in bold print to address over breakfast that we just didn't. Yeah. Because other stuff came up more urgently. It's just one of those days. Yeah. So uh, I'm fine. Everything's fine, but that's just in the moment how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. also everything's great and I'm stoked about what we're doing too. So, you know, onward. Right. So, uh, I had something for Good News Machine, but it was just about like how good the response has been to the new song. We already covered it. Oh, great. So how about we 
Get less dumb. Class, anyone? Anyone? Yes, let's. What do you have for us? Man, I've got su- such a good thought. So there is this uh, trans trans rights activist. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she... She calls herself an anti-fascist. I mean, because really, if you think about it... uh, It's related. (laughs) Yes. Trans activism comes under the heading more broadly of Mm anti-fascism, right? So uh, she's she's rad. Uh, She just has these really thoughtful threads here and there about, uh, you know, what it looks like to be doing this work on the ground. And sometimes, for those of us who aren't intimately involved in the work, but, you know, we can see news and it feels really triggering and very existential. Yeah. You know, it's easy to forget that there are people who just do this work full-time. Right. And, they've, and they have whole networks and lawyers and teams and mm-hmm. funding and companies and organizations. And, like, there's mm-hmm. this whole infrastructure set up to deal with all of the fascist bullshit <laughs> that's being thrown at us right mm-hmm. now, you know? And so she had this, like, really good like some admonishments, basically. Mm. And I just wanted to share them. Do you want to share her name? Yes, her name oh. is Emily Gorchensky. Okay. And you can find her on Mastodon. Okay. Uh, if you just Google Emily Gorchensky, that's Z, uh, G-O-R-C-E-N-S-K-I, mm-hmm. uh, Mastodon, you'll find her. Uh, and so here's what she uh, she had to say. And this is kind of apropos of CPAC this weekend, you know, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Yeah. Uh, which it's the is, asshole conference. Oh, my God, totally. <laughs> Just like fascism, fa- fascist conference for the weekend in D.C. Um, and she's talking sort of generally apropos of that and apropos of how just like, you know, online shitbags all of the time will be like announcing like, there's going to be a day of hate yeah. in Dubuque, Iowa, you know. Right. And that kind of thing, you know. Right. And also in the news generally, there's yeah. just a ton of headlines that we're seeing and people sharing on social media headlines about you know anti-trans bills that have been introduced oh, yeah. in states all over the country, and, um, and so it's 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 there's lots of there's lots of outrage, yeah. and there should be yep. there should be anger about this stuff. But yes, I, I'm I'm sort of previewing because you shared this with me last night. She's got a, a really great perspective on all that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'll just jump in. Uh, and I have excerpted parts from a long thread and just kind of strung them together in a way that kind of makes sense and gets to the point here. Great. So uh, she says, It costs neo-Nazis absolutely nothing, nothing at all, to announce a day of hate. These calls to action are commonplace. They're often originating from groups with a membership in the single digits. <laughs> you know, just literally a handful of assholes who share like a Telegram account or something. Right. You know, it doesn't mean we should be ignoring them, but the space between ignore them and breathlessly spread their propaganda everywhere on social media is very wide. Mm. (laughs) Spreading fear is great for social media clicks. And what she means here is that, Mm. and and she also means like, for us too, not just journalists, you know? Yeah. Like, we know, anyone, we've all seen our Facebooks, and we all know that, like, if, if people are sharing breathless panic about whatever the outrage of the day is, yeah. like, it generates more breathless panic, and it gets shared and commented yeah. on. It's, it's a way to get yourself attention on social media. Right. Which can have a therapeutic, uh, you know, group-building, community-building aspect to it, mm-hmm. and I do get that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to dismiss it out of hand, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, when it becomes... All of the time and that breathless just, you know those people, the friends we all have on socials, we see them on Facebook, like literally every day they're posting like seven or eight things that they're in a panic about. You know what I mean? Like there's a line. And I think her point is that 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 breathless sharing based in that anxiety has a downside. Oh, I'm getting there. Right, right. So that, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, she she says, spreading fear is great for social media clicks, but often has the backfire effect. Mm-hmm. 
in that you're actually just giving free recruiting for the Nazis and you are validating their tactics in the public forum. Because mm. their tactic is to spread their message. And guess what? You're spreading their message. Right. Right? So even like even when she said that like some of these things are initiated by like tiny groups of people, yeah. right? That they get picked up by folks who are freaked out and angry about it. Yeah. And that it spreads like wildfire because yeah. of that. Right. Where it wouldn't have needed to get that kind of traction at all. Like we're essentially becoming like we're spreading their propaganda. Uh-huh. Essentially. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Uh, so she continues. I've been watching CPAC for years, and every year, some fascist donkey fucker calls for the elimination. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just linger on that? I've not heard that phrase before. Fascist donkey fucker. Fascist donkey fucker. It's good. Okay. <laughs> every year, some fascist donkey fucker calls for the elimination of some people. Sometimes the language is slightly more coded, and sometimes it is not. The entire conference is an exercise in triggering the libs. Right. So this is particularly in reference to one of the speakers at CPAC this past weekend who called for the complete elimination of what he called transgenderism. Transgender which, ideology, quote unquote. Yeah. Which said, you can't have without transgender people, so let's not be coy. Right. No, he's, yeah, that's, right. that's not a thing. Yeah. What they've managed to do this year is to get people spreading their message via outrage for nearly a week straight. Again, I'm, and this is her talking, this is Emily talking here. Again, I'm not saying it's not concerning or worth stopping. Right. I am saying it is propaganda and we are spreading it for them. Mm. Of course we should mobilize to stop this kind of thing. One of the ways to mobilize is to donate to the already existing, already successful groups who are already lobbying against this stuff. Mm -hmm. I deleted a bunch of stuff here where she talks about technical things about these organizations, mm -hmm. but suffice to say, like I was saying when I was setting up this segment, yeah. there are organizations, there are many of them, and they have had huge success rates. Well, and I thought that was really interesting in reading the longer thread too that you shared with me that like, she talked about like, there are so many bills that get introduced every year that are horrific, yeah. right? And that these, that the, the, the organizations she's talking about here have systems set up to just, in in most cases, quietly defeat those bills. In court. In court. In very or, technical legal maneuvers. Or in hearings, yeah. in the legislatures. Yeah. Because the bills themselves, like any anyone, any asshole who's gotten themselves elected to office can introduce a bill. Yeah. It doesn't, there's nothing, you could be like, I declare that everybody in the state of Florida has to eat poop for breakfast every yeah. day. You could, like, you could make that bill. Yeah. You could introduce that bill. Of course, it's not going to pass. But, yeah. like, we we see all these these headlines and, and people sharing some about bills that have been introduced. Yeah. Well, hundreds and hundreds so, of bills, yeah. So many. And, it, and it's, it's shocking and terrible and horrible, right? Yeah. Like, obviously. But so, so many, as she was saying in this thread, so, so many of those bills just get quietly defeated through processes that that people who are on the ground activists, like she's referring to here, work to defeat all the time. Yeah. And another point, too, is that a, the reason there's such a profusion right now of these bills mm. is that a very common legislative tactic over the last five years or so, and it's becoming increasingly prevalent, is to just basically copy and paste these bills across legislatures. Right. There are organizations that do this. ALEC was one of the first and kind of most famous pioneers in this space. Mm -hmm. Now there's a bunch of other lobbyist groups. But they basically just like get in touch with like quote unquote conservative, uh, like right wing uh, shitbag legislators right. in state houses across the country. And they're just like, here's a text of a bill. You could introduce this. Right. It's, it'll be great for your fundraising. Right. That's, that's it. You know? That's it. And so it might seem like, oh my God, there's 400 bills being introduced. But honestly, 
it's like three or four bills being introduced in a hundred different places. Right, <laughs> It's right. just kind of ridiculous, right. you know? So uh, she continues. Just like calling every potential Nazi rally the next Charlottesville is something that does more harm than good, insisting that we focus only on the number of bills rather than assessing each one's likelihood to succeed and strategically working to stop those is doing something that does more harm than good. Mm. Insisting that no one is doing anything, you know, because you just see this, I see this all the time on Facebook, people posting some, you know, freak out post about something other and like, why isn't anyone doing anything to stop this? Right. You know? Yeah. And she says, insisting that no one is doing anything also erases the behind-the-scenes labor of very hard-working people who are doing something and who have a historical track record of success. Yeah. You know? Right. And so this is the part that really felt, that's kind of set up, this mm. part felt really helpful to me. She says, here are my calls to action. Ooh, and she's I got, like calls to she action. Has, she has four suggestions. Okay. okay. Number one, stop breathlessly amplifying every bad thing you see. Yes, yes. Let me say that again. Stop breathlessly amplifying every bad thing you see. This doesn't mean ignore it or mm. pretend it's not bad. Mm -hmm. It does mean stop literally doing their work for them. Mm. When their entire strategy is trigger the libs, the worst thing you can do is go into full outrage mode. Right. You know? Right. If what they're trying to do is trigger the libs and you are a lib and you are uh, like affirmatively saying to the world that you are triggered, mm -hmm. congrats, you just scored a W for them. Right, right. And you've spread their propaganda to freak out other people in your social circles. Yep. And, and that's yeah. literally what they want. Yeah. As she says, you are literally doing their work for them. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, donate to state-level organizations lobbying against anti-LGBT bills. Most of them have a network way stronger than you can imagine. Not all of them are perfect. Some are flawed. But they are much better than someone just coming into this for the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's another thing that I think we all see. Someone just finally gets like, you know, they, they can't take it anymore. They're like, we've got to make a change. I've got to make a change. I'm the person to do it. Yeah. That's great, man. No, but actually, you're not. Actually, there are organizations that have been around for 50 years Working on that this. have yeah. like, like 50 years, five decades worth of contacts and infrastructure expertise and local expertise yeah. in the places they're working mm -hmm. and legislative contacts and so like, yeah do something but join somebody who's already been doing something because that's yep. how you can actually make an impact yep three call to action number three if you want to share something please include an analysis and a call to action mm. who's on the subcommittees yes what's the likelihood of the bill succeeding who's there to carry the test cases forward mm -hmm. like if you want to actually do something mm -hmm. Like, and if you want to share something online, yeah. share actionable calls to action with granular specifics about where the issue is at. So here's the thing. That's going to mean that you're going to need to do more than just blindly resharing in a sheer panic something you read online three seconds earlier. <laughs> yeah. It's going to mean that you're going to need to actually take that way that you're feeling and you're going to need to turn that energy into some productive time spent actually educating yourself, not just about what the panicky headline is that a right-winger put in your feed, mm -hmm. but what are the actual nuts and bolts of how this issue is, like, it's in process somewhere, right? It's somewhere along its timeline of, like, it, it's, if it's a bill, it's trying to become law. Mm -hmm. If it is, like, a hate groupy thing, it's trying to do something at a drag show. I don't know. But, like, whatever the issue is, it's somewhere in process. You're 
just because you saw something three seconds about it on socials, not all of a sudden the world expert on it. But you could become more of an expert on it, at least to the point where you are educated and you know where in its process is at, who the key players are, who's doing the work, and how people can help them. And then you share that. Right, right. So you can break the chain. Exactly. Because right? if you're just resharing and resharing and posting, like doom posting, right. you know, all you're doing is just continuing a chain of things that don't help your side but help the other side. Right. But if you get that doom post if you see that bad information somewhere what you can do is you can break that chain right you can break the transmission chain by taking a moment to pause center yourself for how you're feeling about things mm -hmm. do five minutes of research to see what the specific issue is who's addressing it who the experts are who mm -hmm. are addressing it right mm -hmm. and how people can help them and then instead share that. of sh share that so don't share the original thing that you saw that made you feel panicky Mm. Share here, like a new post a that you solution. have made yourself saying, I've been seeing a lot about this today. It sounds scary. Here's what we can proactively do, yeah. affirmatively do to help the people who are addressing this. Yeah. Awesome. One, two, three, just list it out. Love and it. that way you will be not a vector for transmission of propaganda, but a vector for transmission of helpful aid. Yes. And that's really good. Uh, she says, Help us be more than mad. Mm. Help us help the people positioned to fight it. Mm. Tell us who they are, what they need, and why they need it. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's so interesting hearing hearing you read her calls to action. Um, like they, they really track a lot with the work that I did um, in writing the album Good to Me. Yeah. <laughs> like like if when, I, when I think about it in those terms, like the album, you know, Good to Me was about uh, reconnecting to my own sense of peace and power while living in difficult times, mm -hmm. right? And what I identified through my my journaling process of that for that album was that I found myself getting sort of like caught in an eddy sort of like whirlpool of freak out emotions. Yeah. And in that state of mind, had no peace in my spirit yeah. and also had just signed away every bit of my power. Yeah. Because I was allowing these emotions to like rule me, right? Yeah. So what her, the practical advice that she's giving us here is is just concrete things that we can do to move out of the freak out whirlpool. Yep. And into a space where we where we reclaim our power yep. here. And that's that's some really powerful stuff. It is. It, and also in doing that in in the reclaiming of one's power, mm -hmm. you gain more peace in your spirit. Like yes. that is it's it's like a positive feedback loop. Yeah. You know. It's really good. And I think that we become more powerful the more we engage with um our lives and with the world in this kind of way that she's modeling for us. Yes. I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. And she has one final call to action, okay. number 4, and it is this. Recognize that the anti-trans legislation is not an ends in and of itself, but rather the latest iteration of the means by a much larger, broader Christian supremacist movement. And there are substantial overlaps in anti-immigration, pro-homeschooling, pro-religious rights, and pro-gun movements, among others. Mm -hmm. And the people fighting those fights are our allies. So the and people we should fighting the fights against... All, All the things right we just causes. named. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are our allies, and we should be looking to follow their leadership. Mm -hmm. So, like, figure out who your allies are, people, and then follow their leadership. Join arms. Like, if you feel freaked out about, you know, the pro homeschooling movement, right? Because pro homeschooling is an offshoot of charter schools. They're related. It's, 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 it's related. It's, it's in a similar space. It's defunding public education. It's is a the movement point of it. to, yeah, to break down public education and, 
uh, and and foster environments where children can be indoctrinated with ideas that are fascist. <laughs> As a religious wingnut uh, who we know said a number of years ago, no one's going to tell me what to teach my children. Right. Okay. Uh, and it's certainly it's, not history. Yeah. Science. No, no, things like that. No. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, all that stuff is tied together. It's part of the Christo fascist movement in the United States. So, you know, if you're worried about that, if you're worried about fascism coming to the U.S., I mean, like, pick one of these areas, pick the one that resonates with mm -hmm. you the most deeply for whatever reason and get involved. Yeah. That's, you know what it I mean? Me of Posting a on Facebook is not getting involved, though. Right, right. Um, that's a really good point. It reminds me of a quote that I saw um, from a, a, a teacher in Portland, Oregon. I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but I saw it on social media a year or so ago um, where she talked about how... Um, how all of these causes that we are that we are engaged in that we're passionate about, you know, um, trans rights or reproductive rights or um, uh, uh, LGBTQ rights, uh, all the things, <laughs> all the things that we care about, right? The the stuff that's the currently being under attack that that is under attack by this like extremist, Christo fascist movement here in the United States. Yeah. That all the things that we're fighting for, like all the threads are connected. It's all part of the same, yeah. it's all part of the same fabric. So just keep working your corner. Yeah. Keep working your corner, your thread, and know that we are all connected. But find your corner, find yeah. your thread. Like find the thing that, that you can actually um, participate in more than just uh, Doom posting on Facebook. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Emily Gorchensky. Uh, it was helpful to read that thread. Yeah. You know? It really was. Uh, very helpful, you know, because it can be really tempting when this when people say shocking, terrible shit, yeah. like that person said right. uh, this weekend at CPAC. Like, it can be really tempting to be like, "Oh to my god!" Freak out, and the first thing you think to do is go and post it social on social yeah. media. Yeah, totally. And you know, this is this is something I'm looking inwards on too. You yeah. know what I mean? But especially because you and I have a platform. Sometimes I'm like, "Fucking people need to know the parallels between this and Nazi Germany." You know, but is that helping? I don't know. I'm I mean, not sure. It it might be. I, I think I think that it is important to recognize the parallels. Mm -hmm. I do think that. But like you, like she said in her in her admonitions, connect the connect the 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 issue, connect what we're seeing happening in real time with action that that we can take to practically fight against it beyond just speaking out. Mm -hmm. You know what it's I mean? A good admonition. Yeah. Right on. Well, I'm under the impression that you have an item for our suggestion box today. I want to speak to you, manager, now, please. I do. It's just the smallest thing. Okay, what is it? So you alluded earlier to the fact that you and I both, we had a couple of, like, we had just routine scheduled doctor's appointments coming up. Uh, I'm 50, I'm getting a physical. <gasps> Woo! Woo! Uh, and they got canceled. I think maybe like our doctor is just like out on leave right now or something like that. It's really pedestrian. But we had to reschedule a couple of appointments. And so I was on the phone with a really wonderful person to reschedule my appointment. And just in passing, you know, I mentioned that I wanted a you know, full physical just to check everything, you know. And she, and she just mentioned in passing that a, a doctor's appointment is 20 minutes. <laughs> if you're on Medicare, 14 minutes. What? Uh-huh. Oh my God, they really like allocate time. I yeah, just, less I'm, time for poor people. Medicare is for old people, but. Yeah. Yeah. Less time for people who aren't paying themselves. It's just a really weird dynamic. <sighs> like, like, yeah, we sort of have socialized healthcare for older people, but it's sort of incomplete. And also, you get less of it. So, what's your suggestion? 
My suggestion is do fuck better. that. <laughs> do better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My suggestion is what if that weren't the case? You would like to talk to the manager. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I, too, I completely, yeah, that's, that's appalling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, whatever. If it's, the manager's listening. <laughs> yeah. It's just a generalized complaint. I, I was just it. I, I was it. just appalled. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really? Like, you'd think that people on Medicare might be the people who would need more time. They're older. They're probably sicker. They're dealing, they've had, you know, their bodies have been around longer. So, yeah. like, there's the chances that they've got more issues are, yeah. Maybe we think. could give them my six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Totally. Can I donate my six minutes to right. grandma? I'm going to be efficient today, and I want you to promise me, Doc, that you're going to give my extra time to an old person. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to fill out some paperwork. Right. Um, I would like to request a gold star today. Well, that's great news. What do you think you might deserve a gold star okay, for? Okay, so um, I would like a gold star because uh, this week I have officially broken the seal on my rehearsals for our theater show at the Sophia. I have now gone downstairs a few, a couple different nights to rehearse my set, uh, get my singer in shape. Um, That's what she calls her singing apparatus. (laughs) Sometimes. Actually, you do. That's, I picked it up from you. But um, yeah, so I just, it just, singing is a very physical exercise and like, the show isn't until April 21st, but I I haven't been singing regularly, Mm-mm. you know, in my daily life. And so... I mean, you've been recording things constantly. Yes, but, but that's different. Different than sustaining, you know, an hour's worth of music. Hour and, and Closer to, well... The, yeah. song, the songs themselves are about an hour's worth yeah. of actual you know, right. singing time. So I need to I need to get in shape. So I've been getting in shape and I broke the seal on it and I would like a gold star, please. I believe... That your petition has been accepted. Excellent. Gold star. Woo-hoo. Bonus for me is that rehearsing is actually really fun. Like I'm yeah. moving around, I'm dancing around in the basement, I'm singing into my microphone. It's a lot of fun. I know. As soon as this uh, record that I'm mixing is like, I'm just about to send it to the artist. Like I might send it to him later this week if I can get out of this mountain of other stuff I have to do. I think I can. Uh, and as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going to join you down there. It's going to be really fun. How fun! Yeah, absolutely. All right. So. Uh, this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. What do you have for us? It's not fun. Oh, geez. Yeah, totally. So uh, <laughs> one of the people whose newsletter I read is this guy, Jay Quo. He mm-hmm. writes a little uh, newsletter called The Status Quo. Okay. Pretty cute. Last name, K-U-O, Quo. The Status Quo. Love it. So cute. Um, and so <sighs> apropos of all the, the trans panic <sighs> that is currently happening, um, he posted something from uh, an organization called HMD. Uh, they are uh, in the UK, uh, and they have this graphic. It's the ten stages of genocide. Oh, right. Okay. Because they're like people research this stuff, right? And there are just ten stages. There are predictable things that happen as one group gets ready to genocide another group, mm-hmm. right? Try to exterminate them. That's mm-hmm. what genocide means. You try to like ideally in your world reduce that population to zero. Right. Because you don't like them and you don't think they should be allowed to exist, right? Which is cool, just cool. so <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Oh my God. Just, just saying those words, it's like people actually think like that. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, which is really weird because there's always such a huge overlap with those people and Christians and who made you God, motherfucker? What the fuck? <sighs> can, we, can we clarify that there's an overlap between those people and 
like American evangelical Christianity. Yeah, that's fair. American evangelicals. And I'm glad to make that correction. Yeah, right. Because we know a lot of really great Christians. The problem is American evangelical Christianity, which has just metastasized into basically a hate group. It's like into a nationalist hate group. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, the 10 stages of genocide. And I just thought I would quickly go through these so people are kind of aware. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are classification. it's a division of us and them. There is symbolization. Uh, for example, uh, Jews in Nazi-occupied Europe were forced to wear the yellow star of David, mm-hmm, right? Just mm-hmm. like visual identification. Mm-hmm. There's discrimination, uh, you know, stripping people of rights, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's dehumanization, uh, you know, calling people cockroaches, rats. It's a form of othering, you know okay. what I mean? And is this like a, as you're saying these words, are these, are these like ramping up toward genocide? They they structure them like that in this thing here. Yeah, totally. But it's also been made pretty clear to me through subsequent research and reading after I saw this. They're not necessarily linear. linear. No, not necessarily linear. Okay. Uh, There is organization. Uh, The point being genocides are always planned. Regimes of hatred uh, often train those who go on to carry out the destruction of a people, right? So there's like, it's community building, but for evil people, that kind of thing, you know, Uh, training, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Polarization, uh, propaganda being spread by hate groups against the target group, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, There's preparation. Um, That's kind of getting real serious, right? That's where you're starting to actually literally plan the the extermination of the people, you know? There's often euphemisms. The the Nazis had uh, the phrase, the final solution, Right. Talking about getting rid of all the Jews. Right. You know, stuff like that. There's uh, persecution. Um, It's where victims are identified uh, and uh, targeted, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, There is extermination. That's the actual act itself, Mm -hmm. right? But then after that, like the final, final, final step is uh, denial, which is oh. to, uh, you know, the perpetrators or later generations deny the existence of any crime, deny that it happened. We see this now with Holocaust deniers, right? Oh. Did it even happen? God, we're seeing that with U.S. slavery. Sure. And like race, systemic racism in the United States. Like yeah. the state of Florida, like made it so that you can't teach that stuff. Yep. And the you reason can't... people don't want you to be able to learn about stuff is because they want to do it again. That's oh always God. the reason, you know? And so those are the 10 stages of genocide. And uh, as was pointed out in this newsletter, mm-hmm. uh, we've already gotten to eight of these steps. With How respect- many were there? Ten. So, oh. There are ten steps. And with the trans community, we've gotten to eight of these steps. Classification, symbolization, discrimination, dehumanization, organization, polarization, preparation, and persecution. Everything but extermination and denial. Wow. Right? Um you know, and he, he just, he, he, he carries on and says, I'm just reading a moment here. He says, this is why it is so vital at this moment for us to understand where we are in historical terms mm-hmm. and what we must do to protect vulnerable minorities like the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he says so, so cogently here, we must do so not only for their sakes, but because we know that this kind of hatred and targeting is a test. Mm-hmm. If the far right can drive a wedge and cause a majority of the population to turn away from one vulnerable community either through indifference or pure fatigue, then it also knows the country is susceptible to other forms of autocracy, madness, and violence, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's a good, it's, it's a, 
just a good reminder, you know, stay the course, people. It's really easy to get fatigued with all this stuff. That, and that is part of the authoritarian playbook. It's what Steve Bannon so succinctly summed up as flood the zone with shit. Right. right? Just, just put so much horrible shit out there all at once and constantly and ceaselessly that we get people tired. Just, just get shut down. Yeah. You're just like, uh, I just, I can't even, it's I just can't more, deal. Tr- more trans stuff, quote unquote. Right. It's just more trans stuff. They're right. doing more trans stuff. Okay. So in the spirit of your earlier, Mm-hmm. Uh, item in the segment that uh, Emily Gorchensky, Gorchensky, Gorchensky. Excuse me, sorry, I don't have it in front of me, so I couldn't read it. In in terms of her advice mm-hmm. for when we encounter news like this, yeah. What's our what's our call to action? The call to action in this situation is figure out who the people are who are working on it and figure out how you can support their work and follow them as the leaders that they are. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, just off the top of my head, uh, you can give to the Transgender Law Alliance. Okay. It is a Will group of lawyers. Will you put a link lawyers. in, the, in yeah, the sure. show notes for us? Yep, absolutely. That's our call to action for this week. Yeah. Give, if you can, to the trans... What, is you, what did you call it? It's, a, it's it's not what I call it. It's their name. It's a yeah. Transgender Law Alliance. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, you can do that. You can just support the people who are doing the work because they're the people who are fighting all these hateful bills in court. And, you know, the more this stuff fails, you know, if we focus less on the, oh, they tried to do a thing and focus much more on the, they're obviously failing and they continue to fail because no one wants this shit. Mm-hmm. That's much better for everybody involved, including for you and your heart and your little spirit. That's right. Okay, so as soon as we're done recording this podcast, you and I are going to make a donation. Too late. I already did it. Oh, well, hey, five, five. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yep. No, it's it's actually really funny. So I got I got solicited a few days ago by, uh, by a school I went to. Uh, they wanted oh, a, yes. a donation. And I was like, sure, donating to schools, that's a good thing. Let's do that. But I also was like, let's just see how big their endowment is. So I checked their endowment and it's, uh, it's half of billion dollars. They have like a $480 million endowment. Uh-huh. So instead, I made a donation in the this school's name to the Transgender Law Alliance. Excellent. And I replied and let them know that. F, that is so great. Yeah, which, so pro- which probably came across as more of a fuck you than I intended <laughs> to. But also, like maybe they shouldn't be having people do all this ceaseless fundraising if they have, I don't know, $448 million in the bank. <laughs> What the fuck? That's an unethical amount of money to it own. Is it's really not cool. You know, like I understand having prudent reserves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between prudent reserves, operating expenses, and, and hoarding. And hoarding. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like no one needs that amount of money. Right. So everybody else, go to the Transgender Law Alliance yeah. and uh, make a donation. Yeah. Like we did uh, <laughs> already, apparently. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, shall we wrap things up today with a gratitude crank up? That is a fantastic idea. Yeah, that would be good. What you got? So I was complaining earlier about my anxiety around the healthcare situation uh, that I encountered this morning. But also I'm really grateful to have healthcare. And I mm-hmm. I don't I want to, you know, sort of like uh center that in in the rest of my thoughts about this today. Like I I can call and make an appointment with my primary care phys- uh, uh, provider and I can I'm, I, I'm, I am going to get my needed prescriptions in the mail like it's 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 all I, I have access to all that stuff and I'm really really grateful for that because I know that that's not the case for some people because so. America right USA yeah so that's mine today How that's about you? good so mine is uh mine is more wonky and specific I'm grateful today for my ears for your ears for my ears 
Yeah, you know, it's my primary work tool. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think my heart is my primary work tool. But yeah. the ears are kind of my interface. The you ears know? are the window to the heart. Like they say. Like they say. Yeah. No. Okay, I, I derailed you, sorry. The way to a man's heart is through his left ventricle, you know? <laughs> ventricle? <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes, in the heart itself. Come on, you were a biology major. What the fuck? I, was try- I thought you were trying to make an ear connection. I'm like, the ventricle is in the heart. Okay, yeah. anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Your ears. Your yeah, ears. my ears. I'm just grateful for them. They've been really showing up for me lately. I feel like I've been doing good work. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I've, I've been hearing things in a really cool way lately, and it's been enabling me to do work, and I'm just really grateful for it. That's awesome. I like it. We are also grateful for you, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in this nice week. Segway, goddamn, that yeah. was so smooth. I know, I'm really good at the segways. If you don't ever, here's here's a tip for the listeners: like if you're ever trying to segue and you don't have one in mind, you can just say, "Speaking of segways, yeah," and then just continue, and people will be like, "That was smooth. That was a great segue." Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're grateful for you, listeners. Uh, if you are somebody who uh, who is an active uh, patron supporter of our work, thank you, thank you. Thank you, you make this podcast possible. You make possible all the work that we do, yeah. and we are so grateful. And if you're hearing me say that, and you're wondering what is she talking about, guess what? What? There's a community of people who are our patron supporters who yeah. give a small dollar monthly amount to us mm-hmm. to keep us doing the work that we do. Just giving us a little bit of your power and just moving like one little chip from your pile to our pile every month. Yeah. And we aggregate those. And it is so helpful. It's more than helpful. It is needed and it is uh, it is something that we rely on. It's and literally we- how we do our life these days. Yeah. Because what we have realized is that when people support the work that we do, it completely changes the dynamic. We don't have to any longer think about how to widgetize and monetize every last little thing. Mm-hmm. Instead, we can be supported in its creation by the people who believe in it. And then we can just, because it's already been paid for by those people, give it away. You might notice that if you go to our band camp, you can download, not just listen a couple times to, but literally download the entirety of in a high-res way wave files all of our music we've ever made for free mm-hmm. it's all name your own price greater than equal to zero so and that's literally because it's being paid for already by the people who support our work yeah. you know people can also throw us money if they want to we don't you know will we ever have enough we're artists maybe not we'll see uh, <laughs> we knew what we were getting into we knew what we were getting into <laughs> more support is always welcome I don't want to be like this is a victory speech don't support us anymore we're good it's not the case uh, you know but our, you supporting it means that we can Give it away to everybody. So, yeah. you know, the podcast is free. The music we make, we, we put out there for anyone to listen to at no cost to them with essays and lyrics and and all of, you know, and everything we do around it. Like, it's all just there. None of it is paywalled. None of it is the kind of thing where if you're poor, you don't get access to it. Poor people deserve every single mu- bit as much access to art as, as rich people do. Yeah. So if you uh, are a person who's like, yeah, you know, I actually really do value the work that Jamie and Shannon are doing, um, but I'm not yet supporting. And you're like, I think I maybe need to get on that train. Here's how you do it. You go to misfitstars.com slash support and you choose an amount that will be a sustainable monthly amount for you to contribute to this cause. And we will be so, so grateful. Thank you very much. The key is sustainable, right? It needs to be sustainable for you. That's what that means. Everyone pitching in, in you know, on, you know, a monthly way, small dollar way, that's what makes it sustainable for us. But on an individual supporter level, don't be like, I really love Shannon Jamie. I'm doing 50 bucks. And then like two months later, you're going to be like, 
that's a really big bill. I can't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's not helpful to us. That's not sustainable for you. And if you just like do it for a couple months and bail, then it's not sustainable for us. Right. So like if it's more realistic for you to come in at $10 a month, like, well, that's what, that's the average. That's what most people do. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Maybe you need to do five. Maybe you want to do 20. There's a number that's right for everyone, you know? Also, sometimes the number that's right for people is zero, mm-hmm. which again, you are paying for those people to have the same access you do because they can't afford it and you can. That's right. That's the magic of this. It is like a perpetual motion art and community machine. It's wonderful. Thank you so much to those of you who are already supporting and to those of you who go to misfitstars.com slash support today mm-hmm. and begin supporting. Ding. We love you. So much. We'll be back next week with more. Jamie, thank you for all of your awesome contributions to today's podcast. It was the Jamie Cast. I love it. Jamie Cast 2000. 3000. No. Um, we'll be back next week. So until then, please uh, be good to yourselves and be good to each other. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.